0: Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message, and may God bless you richly through it.
1: Our first lesson comes from Deuteronomy, uh, chapter eight, verses seven through 18. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains of springs and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply And your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. Then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna of your fathers, um, did not know that he might uh, humble you and test you to do uh, you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may affirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. The gospel is from Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. He was met by 10 lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, um, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless our hearing and understanding of his holy word. On behalf of God, Moses delivers
0: a a pretty thorough and kind of stern reminder to the people who have inhabited this new land, this land of Canaan. They've had to come into it with warfare supported by God. They came into it by a whole generation of wandering around the Sinai uh, because they uh, didn't trust God enough to enter the first time. He said, okay, basically wandered them a generation off before they're allowed to enter the Holy Land. And he lists a wondrous land. And we know that in, in modern Israel, of course, they've, they've made quite the garden spot out of it in many ways with, with their work there. And brooks of water, of fountains and springs. Water gets a triple mention in that part of the world, by the way. It's pretty short, especially when you're in the Sinai Desert flowing out in the valleys and hills, wheat, barley, fines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive trees, honey, bread, iron, copper. And yes, historically it is recorded there were iron and copper mines in that region. Not far, in fact, from the story of Jesus and the 10 lepers. He says, take care, remember where it came from. Remember what it took to get you here. Remember that you were in slavery one generation ago. As though when the hardship is relieved and things get too good and we, I mean, they had it too easy, what do we do? We tend to forget. We almost assume that we are, we just have this. Worse, that Gee, we're somehow do this. And forget that God gives the whole foundation of it. It's getting to just about be Christmas movie season. During certain times of the day in the last few days, there have been hour upon hour of the Hallmark Christmas channel on our living room TV. (laughs) They only have about three plots. And about a dozen actors and actresses, they're okay. I watch some of them with Kathy, but a lot of times I find something to read. She, she eats them up. I can watch about one and a half of them, and I'm kind of done. But it's okay. One of the movies we're going to get in a couple of weeks, and I don't know how many different versions over the years have been made of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's wonderful, as far as it goes. But if you look at it from a step back, and I guess with a a preacher's jaundiced eye, okay, I admit it, Scrooge's faith is restored in Christmas and in humanity. The only one who mentions God is Tiny Tim, over and over again with his refrain of, God bless us, everyone. And poor Bob Cratchit, a sympathetic character, a good man, taking care of his family, proposes a a toast at Christmas dinner to the founder of the feast. And we know how Mrs. Cratchit responds to that. Wish I had him here to give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. Of course, he's talking about Ebenezer Scrooge, the, the real ultimate hero of the story, goes from villain to hero. When we raise a toast to the founder of the feast, whether it's Sunday dinner, of course here in worship, but at Thanksgiving dinner with family gathered, hope we remember who the true founder of the feast was because that's a reminder that all the way back to the people just moved into the Holy Land, God told Moses, you better remind them in real detailed terms who's the founder of the feast. Oh, sure, Lord, no problem, Moses, we got this, we'll we'll never forget. I read the rest of the Old Testament, and it's a roller coaster of faith. When they forgot, when they wandered, when they worshiped idols, very colorful traditions in Canaan to fall into, and all those different ways to to wander from the people and the, the times that they were either captive or under the boot heel of another empire, whether it was the Assyrians, the Medo-Persians, the Babylonians, or the Romans. They kept getting in trouble, and God kept reminding them, sometimes a little bit hard. Because remember, it was in hard times, and coming out of hard times, that they were bound together in remembering God. It was in the easy times that it becomes too easy to forget. In Jesus' story here, wandering along the border between Samaria and Galilee, Remember, the Samaria was where those people lived that were spiritual cousins. They only used the first five books of the Bible. They worshiped on Mount Gerizim and instead of Mount Zion. And like cousins who agree on some things and not others, they were bitter enemies, sadly. Hatfields and McCoys, if you will. He enters a village, and here's 10 lepers keeping the prescribed distance. Now, the minimum distance was... Four cubits, six feet. A leper had to wear a cloth covering over the bottom half of his or her face and keep the six foot distance. Wear a bell. If you gave a gift of a meal to a leper, you didn't want the plate back or the bowl. They kept it. Some places, if they were, they had to stay windward, that is downwind and keep a distance of maybe 50 yards, depending on where you were, the rules differed, because leprosy was greatly feared. So here are these these 10 lepers together. Remember I said hardship sometimes overcomes other boundaries and, and other memories. At least one of them was not a Jew, and it's implied the others are. But in the hardship of leprosy, they found a common ground, a common goal, that even overcame the feud between Jews and Samaritans. And they came together to the rabbi and they dragged the Samaritan along. Jesus, master, in Greek, master and Lord, same word. Jesus, Kyrie, have mercy on us. Go and show yourselves to the priests. now. Priests were trained to be the ones to examine a person who had a skin disorder, one, to make sure whether or not it was leprosy when you got it or this person showed up with it. Two, the only way you could be declared healed, the same household of priests would examine the, the now healed person and certify that they're okay to return to the faith community. They were shut off from worship of God to return to family, to return to the marketplace or the farm, to earn a living. They were complete outcasts in this, go and show yourself to the priest, all Jesus says. And on the way, no grand display of power, no shaking of hands and yelling be healed. Go and show yourselves to the priest, and while they're walking, the leprosy cleared away. Nine rushed on to the priests because now they can get back to their family. They can get back to the farm or the the trade or the marketplace or wherever they got to be. They can get back to the worshiping, worshiping community. They get their lives back. What a temptation. What a temptation to assume the gift and run. Nine gave in. One was so, I can't imagine, overjoyed and begins to touch on it. Amazed because this didn't happen. Leprosy was a death sentence for most people. Not a a life returned, but a death sentence. He goes back, turns back, and falls on his face at Jesus' feet. The word worship in Greek, by the way, is proskuneo, which means to go to the knees. To get off your feet to worship someone. And he falls right down at Jesus' feet on his face. In some traditions, when a person is ordained into ministry, they assume that position at the feet of the ordaining authority. Now, he was a Samaritan. If we're to Hatfield's, he was a McCoy. Jesus looks around. Um, there's only one of you. Where'd the other nine go? Only one has returned to give praise to God, to thank God. So acknowledging Jesus himself, who he was, as was the leper when he called him Lord, when he came back and assumed an attitude, not just of gratitude, attitude of gratitude, but an attitude of worship, to give worth to the Mashiach, the Savior. I think the Samaritans knew of the Mashiach They were just too much at odds with the Jews to expect him from those people. He said, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And I love one of the dual meanings of a word in Greek, sozo. It means to make well. It also means to save. You can't differentiate the phrase. So Jesus could as well have been saying to this man who came back to give thanks to God, your faith has saved you. Wow. So in believing in Christ, he was relieved from a life sentence of illness. He was restored to life in his family. And as Jesus points out, not in scorn, but amazement. And he's a foreigner to us. He comes from over the line over there in Samaria. He's one of those cousins that doesn't understand the faith right. And Jesus says, you do now. My brother, you are healed. Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. Wow. Wow. How many ways are our lives restored, saved, lifted up, and blessed? I don't know How many of us have faced something as life-changing as leprosy? I know we've had it in families. Perhaps someone here whose full story we don't know. And Jesus saves us. Jesus pulls us out of despair, depression. God sometimes grants miraculous healing. Sometimes he grants miraculous ways of, of restoring household, family, worldly needs as well. This message about one in ten ten coming back to be saved. We dare to take Christ's name. We dare to call ourselves Christians and this be a Christian church. We dare even at our best to say this is the continuing body of Christ in the world. I just read an an interesting number in a magazine dedicated to sizes of churches and, and, and churches and growth. That's a concern for, for some of us here, too. And we're in a kind of a countercultural war to do that. And it said that at best, when a church presents the gospel right, when, when God is blessing a church, you've got people coming to say, What is this? What's Jesus about? What is this salvation thing you, you preach about, Pastor? that if one in five of those who come looking for Jesus understand that love, accept that love, make that commitment, now we'd have to break out the ice here in a couple of weeks, but maybe springtime, and we take them to baptism and make them part of the family. A one in five return. Jesus only got one in 10 of the lepers, but if we welcome those We may or may not know of what we sing, may not know how to pray, but we welcome them, share the love, share Christ, share the gospel. If we can get one in five to come back and thank God, we're doing the work that Jesus started on the boundary of Samaria and Galilee. If we're going to be the continuing body of Christ in the world, Okay, we don't do the saving per se, but like somebody brought that Sumerian with the other lepers, we can bring folks to the gospel, bring folks to that love, bring folks to the salvation that is in Jesus Christ, and pray hard that everyone who hears it literally takes it to heart. Some of us need to take it to mind because we're thinking types as much as we are loving and feeling types but that we continue to faithfully seek to share that blessing of Jesus Christ with others in the hopes that whether they're a Samaritan or not, whatever that looks like in your world, that they come back and give thanks to God and accept salvation in Jesus Christ. We've got a mission out of this one little story. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. Give generously. Give thanks generously. I'm not going to tell you not to eat too much because I'm not going to lie to you. Eat good. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy family. And remember what kind of blessings we have to share with others. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.